This is 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade, a retrospective podcast brought to you by UtilityMuffinLabs.com. Welcome to another episode of whatever the fuck this podcast is. I'm Nate. And I'm Bob. And we're here with Jackalope Larp. All of them. We're here with Brian. We're here with Matt. We're here with Ian. And we're just going to chat about LARP and about vampire. And so um, let's, let's not make this into something more than it is. Let's just fucking chat. So sure. Yeah. You, guys, yeah. you guys came out to our meetup, mm-hmm. which was awesome. We really appreciate you guys coming. And Matt, um, tell us about your experience being the final boss. Well, obviously the man did not appreciate the power that comes from 20 years of Mind's Eye Theater experience. Absolutely. The, the man did not know the strategy. He did not know the signal pools. <laughs> he did not know like how to mirror other people's plays. He doesn't. He, he didn't know it. You know. I don't think he's was, ever LARPed, right? No, no he, he admitted this. He's, he's a total. He's a total street fighter. No refinement. Yeah. He had the intensity down. Just yeah. Lots wanted. of energy. Lots he of wanted. energy. So um, but, to give you guys like, an understanding of what we're talking about. We had a meetup with all our listeners, or, or like 20 of them. But either way, we gave away a V5 courtesy of White Wolf, because um, Gen Con's fucking awesome. And we That's got a, we what got you a, do with Gen Con. Right, we got a book to give away, and um, one of our listeners uh, came down to, to throw down, and we had like a tournament where we, we let generic rock, paper, scissors rule the day. And one of our listeners, Chris, won the book, but in order to really pass the test, he had to face Matt, who was our final boss. He's a dead ringer. I mean, yeah. 20 years. I mean, it's a dead ringer. He's got that experience. <laughs> what, other, what other environment could you apply 20 years of playing rock, paper, scissors? Schoolyard playground. <laughs> yeah, uh, when you're figuring out who's going to split the check. Yeah, that's like, a good one. The, like when you have like your boss or your coworker is just like, oh, we'll just rock paper scissors to it. You you go great because you use your vampire skill to go. Yeah, that's great, great idea. And in the back of your mind, you're thinking amateur. <laughs> you have no idea the pain you have you have about to have visit upon you. <laughs> I loved it. I think yeah. uh, everybody came out. I mean, uh, shout out to Ives and Michael from coming from uh, Belgium. Thank you, Belgium. Yes, I didn't want to get the area wrong. I've been terrible. Yeah, I, that's that's overwhelming to say the least. Like to have people that traveled internationally, not just to come to our shit, but like to actually like come to Gen Con, do the gaming thing, and then came here. Like that's, that's we have people coming to the night in question from Latvia. That's right. crazy, and from Brazil. And there's at least four people coming from Mexico. That's that's one of the most surprising things I got from all this is just how big the Mexican community is. Yeah. Like the VTM, like Central American, South American community, yeah. is huge. And I had some like I had some sense of it as a fan, but now I'm like now that I'm like doing business in the field, I'm like. God, these guys like have some love, man. They I have love an, for it. I want an interpreter. I'll go to a LARP and not know the language. It's fine. I'll work around it. See, the thing I is, just want to experience it. What I found with most people that are like in Latin America, uh, like South America, Central America, like they speak English well enough to communicate perfectly fine. Um, 
So I don't even think you'd need to do that. Like, we can be well, lazy Americans. Well, well, if I could be free to be me, you and me, then okay, we're good. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> we're there. just lending extra veracity. We'll, be, so we'll roll in as a bunch of American brouhaha. <laughs> right. <laughs> wow, it's a wrong left turn. How do we end up here? Brouhaha, not Bugs Bunny. As long as we're not mimicking the Borderland movie, we'll be good, right? Yeah, absolutely. We'll all right. So, um, all right. So, for those of you that are familiar with our podcast, you know. We we've had Matt on before. Like Matt was a special occasion. He was a one-off. Yeah. Well, now he's a two-off. So <laughs> tell us now that you have you and Ian and Brian. Tell us like what what are you here at Gen Con for? What is this thing that I'm playing with here that you showed me? Is <laughs> awesome. So right. why don't you guys introduce yourselves? Since everyone, okay, I'm Matt Webb. I'm the, one of the two creative partners at uh, Jackal of Live Action Studios. Uh, and we are running the big Sabat immersive LARP, The Night in Question, this November on the 17th. It's a one-night game, and Ian and Brian here are part of our creative team and writers for it, so why don't you guys introduce yourself. My name is Brian Bartholomew. Uh, I'm from upstate New York, and my background is about 10 years playing on Matt's uh, IRC game, Sanguinous.org. Uh, I am one of the lead storytellers. Hold which... on, hold on, hold on, pump the brakes. Did you just say IRC? Yeah. What, what, what's IRC? I'm only 20 years old. <laughs> Internet relay chat. Chat rooms, old school chat rooms. That's, that goes way it's back. It's kind of like Discord, if that gives you <laughs> Discord before Discord. Yeah. 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 Discord without all the features. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> just basic text. Yeah. I'm uh, lead storyteller there. We have a fictional city, a brand new Jersey. Uh, it's open for anyone to join. Of all the places you can make up being right. in, and you choose New Jersey. Hey, gotta start somewhere. <laughs> Funny enough, <laughs> the guy that Matt Webb destroyed as the was from New Jersey. I just want to point that out. Small world. <laughs> all right. Oh, now I feel double yeah. bad for him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my name's Ian Nuskern. I'm also from upstate New York. Uh, live near Brian. Uh, I'm also have 10 years experience. I joined the Sanguinous IRC in 2008. Uh, I was a clumsy player at first because my previous experience before that was only Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines. But uh, I, I grew into my own, and now I'm also a, a storyteller for the group there. And when he said, you know, they needed writers for their... LARP, I thought, hey, I love writing characters, and I love the lore of the, the Vampire of the Masquerade, so... So you started out on Bloodlines? I didn't know that. I mean, you never I, played any tabletop before that? Uh, not really, no. That's crazy. Yeah. I've heard that a lot. Well, it, like, that's, I mean, that's awesome that that game brought you into the community, so... We, we find in our Discord game, too, there's, yeah. a, there's a lot of people who showed up, and they listen, listen to the podcast, and they're like, I only know Bloodlines. Yeah. I feel yeah, like yeah. I feel like a large part of the reason why we like our our Discord game takes place in Los Angeles, and we were like, well, how do we maintain like the anarch thing, the aesthetic, and also like, you know, give people a little Easter egg that they like? And we were like, well, let's just use the hierarchy from Bloodlines as the Camarilla faction, and mm -hmm. you know, keep it like an anarch held city. Because like at that time, we didn't know, like there was no update to Los Angeles, like. You know, yep. now after after going through 
all the Beckett's Jihad stuff, like we kind of have a better idea, but we were like, fuck it. And so like, as a nod, we kept that. I love that they made Bloodlines um, like official. Yeah. And I love that uh, the twins are in V5. Yes. Yeah, they, yeah, they are the, they are the example Valkavian uh, characters are. Yeah. Oh, I'm being such a terrible person, I'm forgetting her name. Uh, it's a Foreman. It's Foreman, a, the Foreman twins. Yeah. Teresa and Jeanette. Yeah, yep. Teresa and Jeanette. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. They are they are in V five as the like the interstitial Malkavian characters, and I think it's so awesome of them that they put them in. They're so, great. And yeah. uh, I, I can I tell everybody listening to storytellers, you can torment people with Prince Lacroix and all sorts of angles that I've discovered. <laughs> you just, that there's so much content and lore mm-hmm. that they believe is going on with him that you never have to really say anything. You just let them figure it out. <laughs> just torment after torment. I have a soft spot for Lacroix. I agree. I, I really do, because he's just sitting there. He's dealing with this immense pile and he's been sent there by who knows who to deal with, like, B-Prince of Los Angeles, which has to be the crappiest radar station in Alaska uh, for, for, like, for the Camarilla. And it's just like, of course he's, like, constantly paranoid and trying to pull shit and, like, trying to suck down a Methuselah. Because, like, he's got, he's got the worst job in the Camarilla. It's better to be a primogen, because at least he just, just, he's like Mr. Mr. Target. <laughs> I love the heckle material, too. The Anarchist called the Water Prince. That has cracked me up for a hot minute now. Mm-hmm. I thought one of the players had said it online. They made it up until I was like, "Oh, well, let's see what they got." And it's like he's literally called the Water Prince. That's uh, yeah. He's kind of like the, the shit talked prince. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, <laughs> it's, it's like the guy who decided to come in and plant the flag in Anarch territory. Like, you really think he decided though? You think that was a that was a project for him? No, this no. sounds like a project see, he was handed. We, we, we have a plot that we devised. We're not gonna you know talk about <laughs> that. But, but like we have a plot that we devised, and we were like. Yeah, nothing else really makes sense, but um, anyways, we could talk about that for like four hours, but um, we're just going to talk about LARP, generally speaking. Yeah. But if so, I can clear something up real yeah, quick. Yeah, for sure. When Matt was yeah. last on, we were asking, you know, I was talking to Ian, and um, Brian, what I, what I was trying to figure out was, like, if characters pre-made? You know, I saw there was a tailored part, and it was kind of explained. I was asked afterward, and uh, for our listeners, I'll let you know, I confirmed it. It's, it's half and half. So you get there, and there's obviously a stereotype uh, backbone, and correct me guys if I'm wrong, that's what they write up. They get you halfway there. The other half is you to have the freedom to kind of breathe that other half of the life into it so it feels, it, it is yours. They do tailor it that far and they help you out so you don't feel lost. You're talking about a night in question. The night in right? question yeah. specifically. And so if there was anybody who was hesitant, uh, keep that in mind, because I know a big contention point from a lot of uh, old school LARPers that we were used to were like, oh, we want that creativity. It's there. It's yeah, there. It's they just absolutely help you. there. It's it, we we give all the information that you need to grow. Brian, That's I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on the spot real yeah. quick. Right, I, I have a Stanley policy. Everybody's episode is the first episode. So tell us a little bit about like just give us like the 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 summary of a night in question and like what that is, so that people aren't like, what are we talking about? Uh, uh, night in question takes place in the well, 90, late nineties. Yeah, ninety nine, nineteen ninety X. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, the spot are trying to move in to Austin, and they do through their trickery and sabotage, messed up ways. They decide to 
they have a big just like let's turn a whole bunch of people at this illegal rave. Mass embrace, old school mass embrace. Old school mass embrace. We used to call them a shovel party. Yeah, <laughs> please, that's vulgar. <laughs> so the uh, creation rights, if you will. Sex me of one of the uh, the right I listed in one of the second editions about books, where they basically go into a club, lock all the doors, and have like a rave where they just frenzy and cause as much damage that's, as they can. That's like like the blade blood rave for yeah. those. Yeah. To be very yeah. Awesome. Right, but that's, I mean, it's like essentially what we're talking about. But it's it's an immersive game that is meant to be a horror experience, and it's meant to be very lightweight. It's not supposed to be a traditional rock, paper, scissors LARP. Obviously, if it was rock, paper, scissors LARP, that we would just win um, based on our victory today. But, <laughs> um, but it's meant to be a horror experience, and it's a single night, and most people play humans. And it's... You get a framework. You get like, you choose a group and you choose a character, but I mean, yeah, you, like some you, data points and you just kind of fill it in yourself. Like, and with your, uh, win with the other players. I mean, there's a whole yeah, collaboration yeah, element yeah, to it. There's a meetup before the LARP, everyone gets to talk and like really just flesh things out. Like, we, we didn't say anything like, oh, you are this person's lover. It's just, you are this person with these groups of people. And you fill in all that story yourselves. It's mm -hmm. really imaginative. It's really cool. I think it's awesome. And like an example would be is like let's say that you two guys, there's a biker gang, who's a group in the game, and you guys go through the character creation, and you choose both choose the biker gang, and there's one called you know the old lion. Who's this guy who you know has been through a lot of stuff? He's getting older, but he's been around. And there's the young gun who's a lot more impetuous, but a lot less controlled. And that's all we've said. And you guys could form a whole basis for things. It's encouraged because one of the big differences between the bespoke, you know, immersive style and your traditional LARP is that we encourage like what I would call white hat metagaming. We encourage you to to expose things about your character and expose what you're doing mm -hmm. in order to say, okay, this is the kind of like notes I get, because you have six hours. You don't have six months to build a storyline. Right, right. You want to get everything in the head, so you don't want a ton of secrets. So there's like very few secrets in this game. Right, so, so I would say like, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, because this is just, I've never done this type of LARP. This is less like the, you know, typical gen kind of event where you've got three knights and you've got a story arc and you've got to beat a boss. Mm -hmm. This is more like a traditional, like, acting kind of scenario. Like, Bob and I, we go, hey, I'm this character and you're this character. Tonight, let's let's butt heads and let's interact mm -hmm. and, and let's act this out because this is what our goals are to accomplish over the night. Right. So it's a little bit less, like, choppy. Yeah. Rock, paper, scissory. Yeah. And it's a little bit more act, role play focused. Uh, play to lose or play to, yeah, play to suffer or play to play, to play concept, for the interesting. Right? Yeah. There's this like concept of play to lose or play to, play to the interesting where you don't try to win. What yeah. you do is you try to fail and struggle in a spectacular manner with a slightly different motivation. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it's more like you're you're playing the part you've been written mm. and you're 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 improvisationally acting that role just like you would in a normal LARP, but 
as opposed to like where you're trying to you're you're kind of like taking your your role for like a six month journey like you would in normal life. Right. You're like you've got tonight to do this. You have tonight to do this. I don't think that you're straitjacketed though. I mean it's not like as straitjacketed as a normal role. You're not given any task to complete. You're just there to make connections and you know, you're at a you're at a rave. What's, what's brilliant about this, and what I really enjoy about it, and I'm, and I'm sad I can't be there this year, but uh, the aspect of it that's good, when you get there, it's, it's on you. Like, it, it not only just encourages your involvement beyond the storyteller giving you all the guidelines and everything else, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, if you're there, it is to participate. That is mm-hmm. why you're there. So like you said, it's like you're playing to be entertaining and to be entertained. And the only way to do that is to get involved, is, is to ask, is to talk, and that's in a... It's an incredible take. You're building an experience together. I mean, that's the thing, is that everybody is there to have this blood-soaked, fantastic night. And if the coolest thing is for me to die in the last hour is some crazy monomacy against, like, my ex-girlfriend who I've, you know, (laughs) negotiated with, and, you know, and you want to do that, there's no shame. It's not like you lost. It's, It's... You said, this is how I want to go out. You know, this is how I want to... This is how I want the night to end. And you you do it to be awesome. You know, there's almost this kind of pro wrestling sort of aspect where you're just like, the, the ending is pre-negotiated, but right. it's, it's all the, that's not where the art is. The art, the, that's right. not where the, the fun is. The art's the show. Yeah. You have yeah. to have the show. Yeah. We're familiar with kayfabe, like, we get it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not so strict as, like, an acting job in the fact that you, you kind of know the outcome. In these games, in these bespoke games, you do not know the outcome. Right. Because you're going to have people improv- improvising things on the spot or finding the thread and kind of yanking out. You're going to be interacting with, like, over 150 people are going to be at this event. So who knows what's going to happen? Yeah. So it's not that strict. You're going to come in with some connections. But who knows what's going to happen by the end of the night? Right, because it's kind of crazy, right? Like having that many people—pardon <clears throat> me—I've got a little beer in my throat. But having that many people at a LARP, like you—you couldn't—you couldn't hope to control the outcome, anyways, right? Yeah. So many yeah. people, like you know, all it takes is one fly in the ointment, and suddenly your story. So, my—I guess my question, because we've—we've never done that. We've done like just traditional LARPs. Like we don't care where it goes, right? We've mm-hmm. just like. Come on in, and every night we react as storytellers. Like, what are some of the things that you've gone through to, like, kind of, I don't want to say control the outcome, but, like, guide the process, like, guide the, like, and also, do you care? Do you care where it ends up? <laughs> well, to cut to the quick, the, uh, the other, uh, to add on yeah. to keep in mind, uh, I was telling Ian uh, and Brian, I was like, I need, I, I desperately want people to know how skilled you guys are at this. Thank you. I mean, it's one of those things to read, but it's another one to talk to you. I talked to all of you and see it. And I, and I said, it was my test. I told you, I tested you when we were on there. These questions like, what do you do? What do you do? Yeah. Very humble guy. Mm-hmm. And then to meet you in person, still humble. But then to meet the writers too, it's no joke. What's up there is written. And we can all admit that in the LARP communities, people tend to extrapolate, you know, about what they do, where they come from, or we can admit that clean. Hold up, Bob. Are you saying that, like, like gamers talk shit? That is <laughs> That's exactly are what I'm insinuating. Would that. You? I've never heard that. No. Are you insinuating that LARPers cause drama? I would never specifically state that LARPers cause drama and that we've dealt with it for 20 years. I'd never say that. No, I mean, that would be a completely unfair statement. Yeah, yeah. And it would be completely unfair to state that the LARP community is a massive, swirling whirlpool of unending drama. 
I've that would be an unfair that. statement we shouldn't that, make that. We would never say that on our podcast. At all. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. But, but... Hypothetically. <laughs> hypothetically. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think that it's one of the things about how you're set up and do we care, right? Uh, we have some controls in place. We have some very sparse selection of kind of control NPCs. And we, set, we do say at the beginning of the night that there are two things that will happen, which is at this hour, the gloves come off the vampires and not before. That is a rule, just as much as like, you know, in football, going out of bounds is a rule. Right. This is a rule that you as the vampire players agree on. And at the end of the night, the place burns down. Those are the two things which have to happen. It, those are the right. set points in time. You think you're going to gently pass by that? Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, literally, the place burns down at the end. No matter what happens, there's a structure fire. Look, we know. We know. <laughs> right. All right. Yeah. We know there was a fire. <laughs> right. That's yeah. what we know. We, uh, on Saturday night, um, weather and burn bans permitting, they actually are building a facade on the game site, and they are, we are going to torch it as kind of like the end ceremony of the game because the entire idea is that the Sabbat pile all the bodies in the, you know, in the building and they torch it and they leave. And that's the end of the night. And that's where whatever happens yeah. between the two. And I'm assuming, and you know, it's part of the debrief from the game as well to do that where everyone gathers up and you know, the song that plays at the beginning of the night is going to play at the end of the night and they're just going to watch the place burn down and then people can hang out, they can still dance, they can just chill out, and they can, you know, yeah. get in the shower and wash off all and the blood. The, and at the burning, I can pre-discuss about how my exes are on the fire, that's what we said, and it's, uh, it's doable. <laughs> I just want to point that out, yes, no? I understand. We didn't start the fire. Yes. <laughs> it's been always burning. So, um... Don't leave me hanging here. Since <laughs> <laughs> so the world's been turning. Yes. <laughs> So, and now I'll sing the entire song. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know all the words. Also, I just want to. Um, I want to state for the record, I haven't had a, a, an alcoholic beverage in about a year. I've had. <laughs> I've had a few tonight. So uh, you're holding it well. I'm holding it well. Um, all right. So um, my question for you guys is: like we've talked to Matt, we kind of know your pedigree. Like how long? Like what gets you guys into LARP in the first place? Because that's like a hard thing to get involved in, especially right? bloodlines. Right. Too large. If, if, if you want to LARP. let me go first, uh, I have a little bit of kind of LARP experience. I don't know if anyone's ever heard of the SCA. Yes. The yeah. Society for yeah. Creative Anachronism. Yeah, we actually have. Yeah. I, I got, uh, I got took, my ass I, kicked on a battlefield in that. So yes, I, 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 I took part that. in that. Uh, uh, a while back, you know, I like the archery. I like the community. A lot of nice folk. Uh, I've never done a vampire LARP. I, I was interested in it a while back, but I never hadn't had the occasion. But so this November will be my first time participating in one. But That's you, awesome. you, like your LARP is more like historical LARP is a little bit different than what that, like what we're used to, right? Yeah. We're used to like meet up at the college and chop it out. But like SCA is a little bit different. Like um, for people that aren't aware, like what SCA is more like. Renaissance. Yeah, yeah, but but it's it's more it's it's less like this competitive like I'm winning the day LARP and it's cooperative. Like, yeah, right, right. It's like Penzik because that's, yeah, that's Penzik the event is I went to. the yep. big event for the SCA. Yeah, yeah and it's uh, it's big, huge because it was a, a cross culture of, of history. There was like a barbarian camp. 
they had a uh, Japanese reenactment camp that they constructed mm-hmm. out of nothing, and then you had knights uh, from all eras, and then you had Roman soldiers, yeah, I think, which is uh, one of the cool ones. Uh, someone told me that, you know, goes frequently that for two weeks out of the year it gets its own area code because it has that many people go. Yeah, you know, I think I, over fifteen thousand people go to that one. I know. I know Bob's been there. I've never done any kind of like medieval stuff because I'm I'm kind of like you know super modern like goth punk guy. Like I wear, <laughs> I wear leather jackets. I don't wear armor. However, like like in my older years, like I'm definitely more interested in that stuff. Like as I've matured as an adult, um, but like that that level of like cooperative LARP. It definitely plays into what you guys are doing, right? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, the t- the, most of my riders have previous LARPing experience, but just because of how Gen Con work, you got the two that actually have the lightest LARPing experience. <laughs> I know them from riding, IRC, riding my IRC games, so that's why we did the... Uh, that's why I totally hired them, because they're great at writing characters yeah. and writing like storylines and creating those arcs. So if you're asking how they got into LARPs, like, well, you've, you've managed to get the two riders that Oh, but also the uh, the IRC though it is it's all improv right yeah so you do have to react I mean you do get the advantage of like oh well I get to sit here for like five minutes and think of my response but then people are going to start which post more often <laughs> <laughs> people start PM uh, will start just like sending private messages like you there you there because <laughs> like yeah so you, then you can't take forever so it, it is very. Improv and we react off each other. You have the yes, but and yes, yeah. and and oh, absolutely. On, so. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you guys chat for a few minutes. I need to sure. take a bio break, so you carry on. Sounds good. Just let this thing roll. So this uh, this rolls easily because this is a great opportunity. I am staring at the largest, best book I've seen of an occult uh, facsimile, <laughs> and I'm not entirely certain that saying hey, that me, it's that it's book. a lookalike false at all like Matt may open this and <laughs> I, I want to I want you guys to get the, the sound effect this is this book hitting a table it's, it's a big <laughs> book it's cool it's got this uh, red cover it has all the metal uh, accoutrement that you'd expect in an occult tome it's got uh, a padlock the padlock is probably my favorite because <laughs> anyone has a natural curiosity if something is locked to open it Yes. To explore it, to see it. So, if your listeners want to see a picture of this, it is currently on Kickstarter. On, it's called Cthulhu Book Two because it's the second one we've done. Uh, it's done by my one of my actually my business partner at Jackalope Games has uh, the Cthulhu book, and he does a fully handmade goat hide with metal and uh, just like. Like, like <laughs> padlocked Cthulhu Grimoire tome that he made and conceived of and hired artists for and got professionally translated. It's in six different languages. There's a Japanese section, which is absolutely beautiful. There's like a, a Nordic section, so all that. And it's in this big padlocked tome. And he's been, he did it last, like two years ago. And now he's doing another another version of it, and it is on Kickstarter as Cthulhu Book Two, and it is the most beautiful 
thing ever, and I'm currently struggling with the padlock. These are real padlocks. <laughs> um, and you got future books too, right? One I'm gonna I'm gonna jump to because I know a, a lot of listeners talk to me about uh, not even just 40k fans. If you even just want a copy of the Malleus Maleficarum, yes, it's a great talking piece. <laughs> it, that is the real Malleus Maleficarum. That is the actual text of the Malleus Maleficarum that he reproduced. Awesome. He re- he's reproducing actual, in addition to the fictional like Cthulhu grimoire, the uh, fictional Cthulhu grimoire. He is. Um, I've currently handed off the padlock because I can't talk and figure it out. Um, he is reproducing a whole bunch of actual 17th and 18th century and 19th century occult texts. So he's done the Malleus Maleficarum which is the witch hammer, and it's the actual Latin text. It's full color, it's got the red and the black text in it. He's doing a Raphael's Book of Talismans, which is a 19th century book of uh, like Enochian talismans. He's doing Agrippa's Books of the Occult, volumes one through three. And the big one, which I am not kidding, is a foot thick, bound in red goat hide, the Dictionary Infernal, which is it is amazing it is literally almost a foot thick (laughs) giant book that's this uh, French like I think 18th 19th century book about the occult it's it's in like an old like an archaic form of French it's got these beautiful like illustrations throughout it and that's on Kickstarter now it's running for I think another couple weeks as of this recording and he's like the the book start that you can get the smallest book, which is the Raphael book. Right. Raphael's Talismans for a uh, little under two hundred dollars, and the big like custom tome with the metal in it and all that is about three hundred fifty. But there's just no. I mean, you can say like these books are. I mean, what's your impression? So, so <laughs> well, we're, we're, yeah, I'm gonna give a story, right? Because I want to back that up. Because yeah, I know yeah. a lot of people went a book 350. Let me explain. Other than the size, other than going there and seeing it for yourself, what you're getting, quality artwork. I'm gonna tell you what me and Nate did. I was gonna run a. I usually traditionally run a Cthulhu game for Halloween, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. A bunch of people come out, get scared. It's a year tradition. And, and all year, I'll claim props. And and one year, I told Nate, "Man, how will we make a stain page? I'm gonna get a real cult tome going. I wanna make it myself." He's like, well, just looking up online, I guess, because he's more crafty, right? right? He's more artistic. I'm the, I'm the art guy. <laughs> so one day, you know, I'm, I'm working for the soft to get a week off, and I'm chilling, and I'm, I'm at home, and I'm like, I'm just going to do what, what they said. You know, I'm going to just take some tea. Right, a and I'm coffee, cook it, you know, whatever. And I'll throw it in a baking sheet, and I'll put it in, and I'll set the timer, and I'll come back. We'll dry some pages up. It'll be great. Except I ruined the pan. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, to know Nate, Nate cooks. He's very passionate about it. So we're roommates, and I just did two two cardinal sins. I, I used without asking, right? Because you shouldn't use a cookie sheet for this, especially if that cookie sheet has special coating that you shouldn't ruin, right? So I did the worst thing ever, and since since you've you've moved away, I yeah, can say this yeah. without fear of being killed in my sleep. I buried it. <laughs> so if you ever remember, you're like, how'd this cookie sheet get these burn marks on? And it was like scratched the Teflon off. Yeah. And it's because it's $350 for the book. Right. That's why that happens. Because you, if you right. think you're going to just whip this up, you're not going to just whip this up. So it's, this is actually hand pressed and uh, this is artificially aged paper, but it's rough cut, hand cut linen paper. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, so I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you folks my perspective. One of my favorite movies in the history of movies is Seven, right? And one of the little things you may not know about Seven is that there were prop people that made all those fucking notebooks that are mm-hmm. in there. That that John Doe wrote all the crazy, you know, double spaced stuff that you know the tight little lines. Mm-hmm. These are movie prop quality. Yeah, like this, this is no bullshit. Like three hundred and fifty dollars is a lot of money. Like obviously, mm-hmm. however. If you're looking to play a Tremere, a mage. If, if you're looking to play a fucking mage. If you're, you know, I don't, I don't swear a lot about products that we talk about. But, but like, you're fueled with Corona power. Right. I'm fueled by Corona and I'm fueled by beauty. And like what we have here, like these books are ridiculous. Like if I had $350 right now, I'd be like, trade for this book? Like this is awesome. And they have, we found these, uh, these padlocks that are made in India that have all this... I think Sanskrit texts on them, so you get these padlocks that are covered with all these, you know, unfamiliar symbols and calligraphy, and they're just beautiful. And the one thing that's unique, you can't get anywhere. You get in to carry it around for you all day. (laughs) (laughs) It's just beautiful. It's amazing. We actually have, we we actually have grimoire duty here at Gen Con, where it's just like, (laughs) if you're not, like, every day there's going to be somebody, if you have the book, you have the postcards on you. And Ian, how many people, like, Every single time you stop somewhere, you're handing out at least two or three of those postcards for the yeah. Kickstarter. Yeah, because it was like, two. where did yeah. you get that? I mean, you know? I don't, I don't like, I, I don't feel like our job is salesman, right? Everybody knows we're into vampire, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody knows, like, if if you have a podcast called Twenty Five Years of Vampire: The Masquerade, chances are you're a fan, mm-hmm. right? But like, <laughs> this is something that you guys brought apropos of nothing. Like, right. we, you, know, you didn't ask us to talk about it. And like seeing that, I'm like, I want that. Like, <laughs> I'm jealous that I don't have that in my hand right now. So, anyways, I don't know any of the website stuff. You guys probably talked about it while I was draining, you know. Uh, Kickstarter is called Cthulhu Book Two. So it's, go on Kickstarter and search for Cthulhu Book Two. That's good. Yeah. So, what are you guys doing here? At, like, what's going on for you guys at Gen Con? Uh, we got a really cool invitation from White Wolf White Wolf uh, Entertainment is that we are going to be working the booth. We're going to be helping out with stuff around here. We're going to be attending a few LARPs. Um, and we're just here to uh, promote the night in question. Obviously, we're promoting Steve's side project because he's also a jackalope guy um, to do these books. Um, I actually have an unboxing thing. We gave Jason Carl one of the previous Grimoires, <laughs> and he is so happy. Um, but it's we're here to just promote and, you know, also, just it's a great it's a great privilege to go to Gen Con and just like you know yeah. be able to see and meet everybody and do all that kind of stuff. So it's it's fantastic. I mean, and you guys have been before though. Yeah, this is my third year. Mm, yeah, yeah, it's my third year. Uh, it's fun. It's so fun. Yeah. Just this is my first year from the other side. I'm working with exhibitors, but just the passion and just everyone just loving. Like games, it's just—it's an amazing event if you're a gamer. I it's, cannot recommend yeah. it more than I. We drove 13 hours to get here. Right. <laughs> I slept for two hours in the past 36. <laughs> we're, we're four hours away, and we had a guy from Cal, one of our listeners from California, come to drive up. And he's like, I've only had two hours. He's like, suck it up. It's Gen Con. It's yeah. a lot of balls. <laughs> that was the best night. Have you, uh, Bob, have you been to the convention center yet? No, I haven't been to con- I'm, I'm you, you didn't come last year, right? Nope. I, I don't know what it was like for you when you came in 2016, but, um, like, 
it was ridiculous. Like at the convention center, like Ooh. I've never seen so many people. Last year was the 50th anniversary edition or, yeah. uh, of the. I haven't been in like four years, yeah. so it's yeah, it's it like what it was when I came last and what it is now. It just keeps growing, and it's. I believe they said at the opening ceremony they're expecting six hundred or sixty thousand unique attendees. Yeah, man, that's crazy. And that's not kind of people who don't even get a badge who just show up to you know do the side events and stuff like that. But it's it's amazing how big it is, and the the White Wolf booth is hopping. It is the V the the Vampire Fifth Edition V five selling like like. Martin is Martin Erickson is out there like a trooper signing them. <laughs> Jason Carl's there, like you know, and you know the thing about the Wildwood booth is you got like you haven't got by there. They're there, yeah. like, and they're approachable. Tobias, the the CEO, is yeah. there, and yeah. he can he'll play Vampires Edition with you and show you what it's like. And it was really kind of cool. It's like it's like old White Wolf when they were just they were they were at the front counter and you could go and yeah. you know. Tell tell Justin Achille to his face what he thought. <laughs> um, and you know it's, it's been really they're giving out fake blood yeah, vials yeah. At, at the booth. It's yeah. hilarious. Yeah, really, it's so great. <laughs> yeah, and you can also pick up flyers for the night in question because we made uh, one of the promotional materials we made was an actual like '90s ghetto Xeroxed. Uh, like Ray Flyer for like a metal show. We had one of our artists, Anthony Gonzalez, who's very talented, uh, created this like gutter punk like flyer that in, that looks Xerox and horrible. And when those are out on the table and you can pick one up and on the back it's got like the details of, of the event. But there's also like weird little Easter eggs we put into it. Like one of the bands is called Toy Box. And if you're a real Sabat fan, you know yes. what that is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, again, I like to take the Stan Lee approach about anything. And like we've had you on the podcast before mm-hmm. and you're like the, like the only guest we've ever had. So like that's like... We're I thought you talked to Jason Carl before. We didn't talk to him on the podcast. Yeah. No, no, okay. no, no, no. We've, we've, um, we'll we'll talk offline. But we've never, we've never really, we've never offered anybody to be on our podcast. Oh, that's like awesome. You're, so you're like the like Jackalope Larp kind of like earned a special spot. But let's just give us a rundown. Like I'm the Larper. Why the fuck do I care about your event? Like what? And, and we'll preface this. Yeah. We field a lot of questions about it since you've been on. Yeah. Oh, okay. And so yeah. we've, we've had people who asked us directly, and then we have people who assume that we're, we're part of Jackalope, and we're right. like, well, they were on, and no, I mean, we know about right. them. We're, you know, we're, we're going to have a representation there. We're going to check it out and be there, too. Yeah. But um, the more uh, important I thing... I Nathan, and Bob. None of their opinions <laughs> are my own. I don't but, know these people, officers. So, <laughs> any, anyone that's listened to our LARP, or listened oh. to our LARP, listened oh. to our podcast knows we have a special place in our hearts for Sabat. Mm-hmm. So, so... Let's give us the elevator speech. Pitch us. Why would we come to your game? Because until you go to my game, you don't understand why the Sabbat are truly scary. See? And that's the truth, right? And that's, that's enough. Right. I'll be done. Yeah, if you, if, you have, if you have any questions about Sabbat, like, you know, we've, we've talked. Like, we're not an authority, but kind of we are. <laughs> and, like, we're, we're Sabbat people. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the truth. We're Sabbat people. Like the you've probably played Sabat on a LARP before. You've probably yeah. said, oh, I string this person up. You might have had some cool props you want to run. Uh-huh. 
How many times at a Sabat LARP did you actually get covered head to toe in blood? Never. Right, never. It's going to happen. How many times have you had someone screaming get thrown to the floor and be torn apart by a bunch of freshly embraced? Because that's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> How many times has the word blood fountain happened in front of an actual blood fountain? Because that's going to happen. <laughs> well, so, so let me ask you a question. Like, how are you, you know, in today's, we'll, we'll be as vague as possible in this. Like, in today's environment, in today's climate, mm -hmm. um, what precautions have you made to like ensure that people can deal with what they're going to see and you know also have the opportunity to walk out you know which, like, which is our most number one asked question right right and the clarity see the important part here is is that there's another side to this is that i would not be doing horror larps like this i would not be saying we're just going to go out and do it and you can just you know suck it up if you can't handle it that's not the mentality for these kinds of things i think that you really don't get the effect you want if you just have a there is no net safety net approach so everything in the night in question is we're very clear on the content. We're very clear on the content which does not exist. So we've made it clear that there's going to be blood, there's going to be guts, there's going to be gore, there's going to be people screaming, there's going to be you know intimidation, and you're going to be scared. We're not going to include things like real-world bigotry and racism. We're not going or proxies for that. We're not going to include that kind of like sexual assault or that sort of stuff because that's not what we're dealing with and we refuse to deal with in this particular event um so that's the first part is that we're transparent about what we're about and we state very clear you can go on the website for the night in question and one of the first things is one of the things at the top of the page is you know the safety and content like guidelines and the other thing is that nothing happens to you in that in this game unless you consent to it is that if someone says, I want to run you down and eat you, you can just say no. <laughs> you know, you I'm just, good. <laughs> I don't, and you, you don't have to justify it. And you can just say no to that person if you want. And the reason that we're workshopping for six hours before we do this is that we want to have it so that everyone is on the same page, everyone knows each other, and everybody understands what the rules are, which is you don't touch someone without their consent. You're very clear about what you're doing to them. You negotiate stuff. And if it is too much for you, we're ha we have a out-of-character like safety team and security team and we that is going to be on site and we have like Steph my uh, life partner and his and our safety like team manager is dividing everything up so that we have people running things where there's always someone watching to make sure that things aren't getting out of hand both from like a physical safety standpoint and a is this person okay standpoint and set up at the site is going to be a sanctuary space where you can leave. There's like hand signals for I'm done. Like at any time in the event and we'll be practicing, you can put your hand on the back of your head. It's called bow out and is the name of the signal. You can look at there's the jackalope guide to LARPing hard and safe is what we call it. Yeah. And but, so, yeah. And so from hearing just to summarize, yeah. um, that question is more than handled. You yeah. got a, a place of safety, you got a symbol of a timeout, if you will, called bow out. You can leave it any time. And there's guidelines for it. You're not judged for it. It's based on, because a lot of people think they're prepared for this, but like you said, this is not a rock, paper, scissors. It, you'll see some of that there. 
But if you're consenting to what goes on, you might get covered in blood in the whole nine. Mm -hmm. And so you can experience that. So um, that addresses most of the questions asked right there. And then the further safety guidelines, they're posted. Yeah. So, I mean, your safety is the first, and I would say only concern off the bat is the major report. That's the other thing. If you need time out and you, or you just don't want to deal with something, you want to deal with everything else, but not that, the culture is a consent culture. This is not... And we try to emphasize one of the big like leaps that people have from like traditional vampire game into our game. I've had this conversation so many times is that, well, if I dominate you, you can just say no. It's like, yeah, because I don't want to do that. But my character is just like, my character is the one you're dominating, not me. Right. There's a separate end. It's like, you're, you can, your character can lose, but you win because you get an awesome, awesome experience. Well, I've been told by the boss of bosses that um, we're, we're almost out of time to wrap it up. She literally produced me um, out of a podcast here. So, so uh, if you guys could, yes, tell us all the pertinent information that we need, both about your Kickstarter, about Jackalope, and about um, what other cool things we can expect from you guys at Gen Con. So, if you are interested in the night in question, you can follow us on Twitter at Jackalope LARP, or you can find us at jackalope-larp.com. I'm sure you'll link it in the notes. Uh, and we will be at Gen Con, we'll be at the White Wolf booth, or in the Onyx Path White Wolf demo room. And also, if you're interested in seeing the grimoire that you guys gushed all over, yeah. or getting in on the uh, podcast, or getting in on the Kickstarter, it's called Cthulhu Book 2. And it is, uh, and it is on Kickstarter.com. Yeah, definitely check it out because, like, uh, we did gush, like, we didn't literally, um, but we expectorate. But I've always wanted a book like that. Yeah, we'll just like, put it that. I've, I've spent many years trying to reproduce what this artist has made mm-hmm. uh, to to ill effect because, like, I tried, but I just wasn't able to do it. Uh, but it's fucking awesome. So you should all check it out. Um, check out Jackalope LARP. Um, find us at Gen Con. Hopefully this will actually be out. Like, I'll try to edit this and put it out mid-Gen Con. Are you guys, like, doing any cool gaming? Like, any, any stuff that you're going to go do? We're just going with the flow, man. We're probably going to go to San Francisco Shattered and... That's, that's where we're going. That's yeah. where we're going. We'll see so, us there. Yeah, And at cool. least I'm interested in trying the Pathfinder 2nd Edition playtest. Nice, so. nice. And we're I'm doing the Wild Wolf panel Friday night. Nice. Yeah. Cool. I'm going to be live casting that. Awesome. Yeah. Well, cool. Thank you guys for coming to our meetup. Thank you for being at a table with us and chatting with us. Thank you for having us. And uh, thank you for having us. Yeah. Um, You're the coolest Vampire of the Masquerade podcast that is interviewing me right now. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. That's an honor. There's many of them. I know. All right. Until whenever, I'm Nathan. And I'm Bob. And we'll talk to you guys later. Experience the horror of Vampire the Masquerade like never before. Jackalope LARP and White Wolf present a blockbuster LARP horror event. The Night in Question, November 17th, 2018, Austin, Texas. Jackalope-LARP.com for tickets and information. Where will you be on the Night in Question?